fellow explorers, welcome to Siren Soapbox. <laughs> this week, we are recording our quarterly movie club, which we have so cleverly named Getting Real with Siren Soapbox. If you love movies and you love our podcast, then you should consider joining the Facebook group with the same name, Getting Real Siren Soapbox, and then you will get invitations to this very fun quarterly event. This time we watched a movie that came out in 1971. It was a cult classic. That was our theme for this quarter. And the movie is Harold and Maude, which I have never heard of before it was nominated for this movie club. But we're going to go around and talk about, just to get us started, let us know whether or not you liked the movie and was it your first time watching. Also, I'm very curious to know if you are a Harold or are you a mod? Sarah and Bill, what say you? Well, I will start and I will say that this was the first time I had ever watched the movie. I uh, had never heard of the movie before. Uh, the movie is almost as old as I am. And I did not care for the movie at all. Um, and I guess we'll delve into the whys and wherefores afterwards. Yeah. But I didn't like it. And I feel like I am neither a Harold nor a Maude. And that's about it. Uh, yeah, it's the first time I've watched it. I've heard of the movie uh, for years and years and years. I really didn't know what it was about. Just heard heard of the title, and uh, I've always heard about it in a positive light, not a negative one. Um, as I was watching the movie, there were periods where I was very entertained. Um, but after thinking about the movie as a whole. And what I believe the message was supposed to be and what I believe the message actually was. I am not a fan of the movie at all. Um, it did have a nice uh, Jaguar E-type in there. So that's a plus. Um, but uh, other than that, not, not a fan. And I'm, I don't believe I'm either of those characters. Hmm. All right. Yep. So there you go. How about you, Jess? Uh, I feel like I can uh, maybe just say ditto. <laughs> wow. Didn't, it's going to be an interesting discussion. Um, <laughs> for it, I, I don't. So I don't really know if I can identify with either of them. So, yeah. Uh, Mer. <laughs> so I... And the exact opposite of the three of you, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was, it was different than what I anticipated it to be. And I just thought that I went into it knowing that it was a dark comedy and I sort of watched it through that lens and I found myself enjoying the movie. And I feel like I'm a mod because she's sort of carefree, living her life, being just kind of I don't know, spontaneous and wild. And I love that about her. So I identified with Maude. What you, Mark? Well, this is the fifth time, fourth or fifth time that I've seen this movie. Um, over the years, I first saw it probably about 30 years ago. Um, 
I enjoy it. I I liked it. I think it's a a fun um a fun take on uh, a coming of age story for Harold. Um, I'm a sucker for coming of age movies, and this was kind of a slightly different take on it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the the interactions of the two of Harold and Maud. Uh, it does get a little it's it's a little um kind of forced in some parts uh mainly harold's harold's take on a lot of things but um yeah i I just really enjoyed it i've enjoyed it since the first time i saw it uh way back in the mid 90s um and i would say that i'm probably i don't know if i'm a a harold with with mod tendencies or a mod with harold tendencies but (laughs) both of them are dialed down way down not not uh not anywhere near the the intensity that each of them have. That makes sense about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about you, TC. Um, what did I like about the movie? I liked its seventy-ishness. I liked the music and the cars, and I don't know. I loved the seventy-ishness of the movie, um, and that's it. That's pretty much all I liked about the movie. <laughs> and I think, well, no, there was a Volkswagen. Bill liked the Jaguar. I liked the Volkswagen. It was a classic Volkswagen in there. I liked that. Um, yeah. The, the, the thing about identifying with Maud is that I'm not a person who could just stop at a healthy 80 I, I, I can't even understand that take and certainly not a herald, not a do things just to annoy someone. And I don't know, like all of his behaviors to, to get on his mom's nerves while in the meantime, he's living off the family's money and enjoying being able to throw away whatever he wants to throw away because he has all this money, but doing everything he can to annoy her. Uh, definitely not a herald. My favorite character, one of my favorite characters is the actress at the very end. And I just was bummed that dude was with Maude because I thought those two would have made a good fit. The actress girl, the last girl that his mom tried to fix him up with. Mm, yeah, he stabbed, himself. he stabbed himself in the middle of the floor and she thought it was fabulous and played along and stabbed herself too. But anyway, yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I agree with you about the whole not offing yourself at a perfectly healthy 80 years old. That's silly. But um, and, and while that was pretty much the whole tone of the movie, I just sort of overlooked that when I'm thinking about which character I, I identify with. I couldn't, because I don't think it's silly. I think it's... I no, think it's... I don't think it's silly that she committed suicide. I just think it's silly to think that there's not any more life left to live after 80. I'm sorry. Yeah, I... I don't know. That to me was, uh, I have a hard time with that. I, I, I mean, can't get past the, the fact that I, I want to just smack Harold all the time. Smack him. It's like somebody needed to smack him and not Maude. 
somebody like his mother needed to have spanked him a, a, a good lot. And someone also needed to throw her around the, the house a little bit and get her to not be quite as snobbish and annoying as she was. But he needed a, he, Harold just needed a good kick up the, the ass. And I mean, behaving the way that he did, destroying things that he did. I kept just being mad at him, even though I really enjoyed listening to the music and looking at the cars. And some of it was funny at times for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I focused on that quite a bit. He needed to be smacked. <laughs> so I, I did think yeah. the staged suicides were humorous, especially when it became clear that this was a kind of an ongoing thing and his mother was aware of it. And so it was just, the, 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 okay, how do I, how do I stage this again? And, and then when, uh, when he used the cleaver to chop his hand off in front of one of the dates, I, I found those things humorous. Uh, I got a kick out of it. And, um, um, but I found Maud's character to be an unlikely character. Mm -hmm. Meaning that to find a person like that in real life, highly unlikely. And I, and I, the same with Harold to find somebody like that in real life, I, I, I think it's unlikely. Do they exist? Sure, maybe, but but they're just not either either one of them is not the norm. And then a deep relationship with that kind of an age difference is also unlikely because there are very few things that an 80-year-old woman would have in common her experience or past, et cetera, with a with a man who's what 20 or whatever he was in that in that show. So I found all those things to be unlikely. But that wouldn't kill the movie for me. The thing that really um, made me dislike the movie was was the ending. I thought that was highly unlikely. First of all, I think it the intent, I believe, and, and I did read some about it afterwards because I wanted to know what message were they trying to send here. And and the and what I read multiple places was that when she gave up her life he then was able to surrender his fascination with death and go on and live his own life. That's bizarre. That's a bizarre thread of reasoning, at least from my perspective. Um, if he deeply loved her and she intentionally committed suicide, I'm a person who believes that all people should be, uh, have dominion over their own lives and make their own, make their own decisions. Um, including when and how to end your life, if that's what you want to do, fine. But I do think it's still a reprehensible act. And I think it's unlikely to lead to somebody who supposedly loves Maud to then pick up the banjo that she taught him to play and just waltz away while he's picking the, the banjo. And now he knows he must go on and live his life. I think that's highly unlikely. And I think it... Um, I think I think the act of suicide is somewhat reprehensible, and and I don't think the movie showed that method that message at all. So, that that's my main struggle with it. I think though it's it, it is true that a movie can be not necessarily believable, and the character is not necessarily not likable, but likely Un unlikely. I mean, you can you can have that and still have a fun movie. 
in a funny movie. I mean, that's what dark humor is sometimes. And that's what silly slapstick humor is. I think it's it's less that they weren't that it was all unlikely stuff and more that just the messages were unpleasant for me because I I'm, I like a good slapstick silliness but I think it was a lot of the messaging. I couldn't really relate to either of the characters in any kind of way that made me care all that much. Um, I liked. Mod's character in a lot of the movie, I did feel like their everyone else be damned kind of behaviors. I didn't, I don't have a lot of respect for that, like stealing someone's car and never returning it. I get that it was just her, oh, I'm carefree and la la la, except that you're, you're having an impact on other people. And I don't know, to me, there's something precious about life. And if you manage to live until the age of 80 and you're feeling that good and that healthy and you just toss it away like it's nothing, it just, that's kind of how I felt about both of them in the whole movie, neither one of them. They try to make Maud out like she's this whole, you know, um, live life how you want to kind of carefree spirit. But I don't, I think that's bullshit. She's afraid and she gives up her life at 80 because she doesn't know what comes next or something i don't know why she did it but their complete disregard for anyone else in the entire movie makes them unlikable both of them they both just don't care about how they impact anyone else i don't think it's cute or funny so I definitely would not have been friends with Harold in real life. That's 100% true. And I would have a hard time being a friend with someone who would just steal people's cars and kind of up, upset people's lives in that way, like Maude. But knowing that it was a fictional story and that these characters were so extreme in their um the things that they did like they really leaned into like harold's really leaning into the fact that he wants to upset his mom and stage a suicide once a week or whatever for me it made the story more entertaining because i knew it wasn't real it wasn't i didn't have to i don't know there was no like real life consequence of the cars being stolen or the suicides being staged in my life. It was just for me, just watching this ridiculous story unfold in front of me. And that's what I found entertaining about it. Yeah, I definitely get that. I just, when I watch something, I, I don't know. It's when you, when you give up several hours of your life to immerse yourself in a story, you want to, be able to pretend that there's some, even, I mean, even Smurfs, like, I know I'm being ridiculous, but Smurfs are little blue creatures that live in mushrooms. But you can still kind of get lost in the story because it's, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Well, I think that Harold was acting out. And I, and it was very extreme, but I think we can, well, maybe not, we all can, but I can definitely relate to, um, 
acting out in some way to be noticed or be seen or whatever. And he was, he took it very extreme, but I think that's kind of the beauty of a fictional, a fictionalized story. Well, I think there are other characters who, who do that. Like, have you ever seen that movie? Is it called, um, I don't know, Emil, Emily, something like that. Oh, I've never seen that. I know what you're talking about. Have you seen that? I love that. I love that movie. And she very much is her own person, but she doesn't have disregard for the feelings of others. I find that difficult to watch. I don't enjoy watching someone have complete disregard for the feelings of others. And so even if it's fake or whatever, it's not enjoyable to me, whether it's real or not real. I did like watching his fake suicide attempts. I thought, you know, kudos to him for putting all the energy and detail into making them so realistic that to me, the cars, the music and the fake suicide attempts were funny and I enjoyed those. But the rest of it, I even so I, I was searching for a quote that I referenced in what I wrote in my book that I'm passing on and just asked me about the quote. And so I went to try to find it. And it was a quote that was on my wall in my old office at Oak Hills. And while I was looking, I found a quote from Maud. And I would have told you that I'd never heard of this movie, but I had a quote from this movie from Maud on my wall. <laughs> and the quote is, a lot, of a lot of people enjoy being dead, but they are not dead, really. They're just backing away from life. Reach out, take a chance, get hurt even, but play as well as you can. And I really love that quote, but the fact that she killed herself at 80 ruins that whole quote for me. She totally, she didn't just back away from life. She like dotted it and ran from it. I don't know. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. Fun. I don't love, I don't love the way I, I, I cannot believe she ended her life being such a ha healthy, youthful 80 year old. I agree with that. 100%. 100%. I <laughs> <also> think <laughs> that it is in, it's, it's not aligned to, um, to her character. Like she's supposed to be this character that squeezes everything out of life and has this amazing attitude but she doesn't. She tiptoes out like a coward. I don't know. I, that's how I feel. Mark, you've been quiet this whole time. I have been. Um, <laughs> I don't know. One one of the things that I with the that I I realized and kind of saw with with Harold was. Um, you know, the first portion of the movie, he was, you know, doing all of these crazy things to get a reaction from somebody to get somebody to notice him. And where he did get somebody to notice him was where he really was just kind of background and had no purpose being there was which was the funerals. And that's where Maud noticed him was at the funerals. And he was just kind of going there because I don't know if it was because he you know, was obsessed with death. And then eventually, but he didn't really do his antics at these funerals he just kind of was there um kind of observing observing death um and which that kind of i think 
he he realized that at that point probably that you know he doesn't necessarily have to do all of these things to get somebody to notice him um he continued to do so uh but i think that was just you know old old habits um are kind of hard to break uh and i think he was for the most time and the reason why he was doing a lot of those is that he was um kind of aimless you know he obviously lived in a fairly large home with his mother wasn't much said about his father or how long he's been living the the rich life and kind of carefree life without any purpose or um purpose meaning responsibility uh liability um so i don't know i think i think once he he met maud and that kind of changed things uh somebody paid attention to him for what he was as opposed to what he was doing um and i think at the end when he uh threw the uh hearse off the cliff the his his uh modified jag off the cliff you know on first watch of this way back when it was you know i thought maybe he was actually going through with the suicide but it i think after watching it multiple times he was kind of more leaving that life behind that that hearse the death he was kind of just letting that go and walking off plucking a fun little uh cat stevens song and and he was you know was going to change and that's kind of that the arc that i saw that i enjoyed that there was there was something redeeming in him or not necessarily in him but in him and his relationship with maude that you know can make him go on and i know it only takes place over the course of what a week yeah that whole the whole mod storyline because i think she had said early on that she was in five days or seven days she was turning 80 and that was going to be it maybe that's why you didn't like it so much because they destroy a car unnecessary destruction of cars you destroyed it twice <laughs> it is always a problem for me so the interesting thing about the car um is i did like i usually do i did some reading about the movie and that scene where the car goes off the cliff, it was originally planned to be filmed with about 20 different cameras set up that would be triggered with a remote switch when it was time for those cameras to start filming. But there was a malfunction with the switch and the director hollered cut, but he did so apparently well too late because he was quite high on marijuana as the story goes. And the car had already been sent toward the ramp. So only two cameras were filming. And so when they when they started piecing the, the movie together, and I don't know if you recall, but in the movie, when the car co- comes off the cliff, it there's like a freeze frame and it shows the car hanging there. And they did that because they wanted to transition from that camera to the next one. And they didn't know how to do it cleanly because they didn't have enough film. So they just froze it. And then they picked it up with the other camera to show it slamming down on its roof. They truly <laughs> destroyed that Jaguar. It was uh, about a $32,000 car in 1971. And they destroyed it in, in, the, in that film. And then interestingly, or I thought so anyway, um, 
one of the people connected with the movie, and I don't remember who it is, decided he wanted to recreate it. And so he ended up spending- to recreate over, the car or the scene? The, the car, okay. the car. Ended up spending well over a million dollars, about a million and a half dollars to buy the donor parts and to buy the, the car to recreate it. Um, they had to, uh, the roof line is from an older Toyota station wagon. They had to get that, piece it all together. And in the new car that they've recreated, the gate opens up in the back and then where the casket would supposedly go, that space is too small for a real casket. But he has a platform that comes out and there is a banjo case that slides out the back and then the banjo case opens up and the banjo isn't in there, but a bunch of props from the movie for the suicide scenes in the movie is in there. And that car is going to go up uh, on auction sometime. I think it's later next year. They're going to auction that that remade car from from the movie. I just thought that was an interesting story. That is That's funny. Story. Yeah, I had read that they that that was one take, one scene, one car destroyed it. No replicas. Like that's it. But I didn't know the rest of that story. So another movie that I really like from that era that after, especially after reading about the filming of Harold and Maude, that reminded me of, um, oh, it's the uh, motorcycle, uh, Easy Rider. Mm. Easy Rider is one of my favorite movies. The movie itself really sucks, but it, it's one of my favorite movies for a couple of reasons. One, it's about motorcycles and there's a couple of really cool choppers in there. And two, it was the movie, it was the breakout movie for Jack Nicholson. He has, a, he has an amazing scene. He's got several scenes in the movie. One of them is an amazing scene that he became, it's really what, what uh, shot his career uh, into, into orbit and, and, and made him as an actor. Um, but that movie, when they were filming it, they were high most of the time. And that's why it's such a oddly pieced together movie. And then when I read about the filming of Harold and Maude, they said same thing. Many of the people that were making the film, the director and all, they were high the whole time they're filming the movie, which is what led to this screwed up uh, scene. But they fortunately were able to piece together. It, it just it's just interesting. Maybe speaks to the the time frame when those movies were filmed. You know, in the late sixties, early seventies. <laughs> yeah. So I want to go back to what Mark said for just a second, because I got the, I had the same takeaway. Like it was very extreme, but I think that, you know, sometimes you have to be introduced to someone or something in your life to help you change your mind about something. And I, I think that for the first time he realized how hurtful suicide was when he experienced it with someone he loved and that's why he decided to abandon that and not do that to the people he loved anymore. That was the takeaway I got from the movie. That's interesting. Yeah, I like that takeaway. That way. That's interesting. That, that's, that's possible. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way either, but I, I like that takeaway. Yeah. Good job, Mer. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So can we for a minute talk about whether we um, like the movie or not. Can we talk about Harold's overbearing mother for a moment? Yeah, but before we do that, can I just add one thing? 
Absolutely. Last night, after we finished watching it, we both said we liked it. It was after thinking about it that we both decided we didn't like it. And, it, and we decided that independently through our days today um, and came home and chatted just before this came on and we were both of the same mindset. So I thought that was interesting because last night we thought it was, yeah, that was kind of cute. That was, you know, was, and then as, as uh, especially for me, as I thought about it during the day to day, I began to dislike it. So, Which I think speaks to the, the slapstick nature a little bit. You know, you can't help but laugh at some of that stuff. And where the hell did he find that arm? That was perfect. It looked just like his. He came in. It looked just like his arm. And, and then he he's trying to chop it off. I mean, that was just ridiculous, but funny, you know? And so while we're watching that at whatever time that was last night, we're sleepy and we we'll have a drink. And it seems kind of funny. But then when I was just also quite, like I said, quite irritated with him wanted to smack him but yes let's talk about his mom yeah harold like if he was my kid i would be so fucking done with him i feel like his mom was more patient than she should be for sure but she was really overbearing when she was filling out the uh dating application and she's just started answering all the questions herself i don't know that just made me chuckle about it was just she's very overbearing but she sort of let him get away with anything guess that's the whole conversation about that. <laughs> it, it's, um, yes, she was overbearing, but also I think she, it was almost less that she was overbearing and, 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 or equally or more, whatever, I don't know, but she was just clueless. Yeah. It, it's like she, she like totally narcissistic. It's all about me and like, I guess she knew that he was just pretending with all these suicides, but at some point, don't you worry that one of them was going to take, you know? Yeah. I think that that's maybe the message they were trying to portray is she's been seeing this for so long. She's so unfazed by it. Cause I think the first time it happened was, was he in middle school or high school? He accidentally blew up the lab or something. And his family thought he died in that explosion and he came walking home. They were like, Oh my God, that's kind of what started his obsession with people thinking he was dead. So my point is it's, it's been years that she's been experiencing this. So, I mean, you think about the boy who cried wolf. I mean, <laughs> the shepherd only gave that boy like two tries. She's been doing this for years. <laughs> so why didn't she ever smack him? <laughs> I don't know. Good question. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No, I'd say the the psychiatrist, psychologist probably told her not to uh, not to not to give him any credence to the the things that he's doing. So don't show any sort of response. Is my guess that she was probably told at some point, maybe after the first or second time he tried it, just like, oh, well, if you ignore him, he's gonna he's gonna stop. And that's all he really wanted was people to not ignore him, to kind of feel some sort of connection with somebody, especially his family members. That's sad. but Which is what makes him getting that connection from Maude even creepier. Jess, you have not been able to let go of the age difference, have you? I, uh, 
he's he's so immature and also looks so young and I'm not judging Mott at all because I sure as hell hope that I'm still getting it on at 80. Get it, girl. But well, not 80, 79. That's right. She doesn't live past 80. Let's be clear. Okay. Well, she I hope I'm getting it on at 79 and after because if I'm that healthy, I'm not ending it at 80. But it just is like. It just gives me such like grooming vibes. I can't, I just can't. <laughs> so I, I understand that. Him. She totally pursued him in the beginning. Like at more than one funeral, she pursued him and he kind of just let him go the first time. And the next time she completely pursued him. Can someone please? Yeah, she like found a little boy that wants attention. Can someone please remind me how she approached him in the? I know when she first like actually spoke to him because I don't. My memory's terrible, but in my mind, I am picturing this old lady offering this young guy candy from her purse. It was kind of like that. <laughs> Did he steal her car or steal his car? No, at the, well, at the no, that was like, later. Oh. Up to him behind the pew, and she's like, "Want some?" I feel like she offered him something. They were at a funeral. Yeah, she did. They were. He offered him something. They were across the aisle, and she pss, pss, at him, and he turned and looked, and then looked back, and the it was at a funeral. The guy, given the message or whatever, looked over like, "What's happening?" And then she walked across the aisle and sat right behind him. I yeah. can't remember if she offered him candy. Or gum. I don't know. Like I feel like she tried to give him something, which I think makes it even more ridiculous because you're like, hey little girl, here's some candy. But except this time it was like, hey little boy, here's some bubble gum. <laughs> Why do she you did offer him a right after it was over though, she offered him a ride in that really sweet Volkswagen. That was the <laughs> pastors or the priests. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I I found enjoyment in those sorts of things. Yeah, there were definitely moments to enjoy because we were laughing here and there and getting into it, but that could have been the alcohol. I'm curious what oh, hold on. First of all, segue. Mark likes to make a themed drink for every getting real. And this time we're drinking death in the afternoon yes and <laughs> it is what is it uh absinthe simple syrup and champagne oh i like the champagne yeah is it organic is it organic champagne <laughs> oh it's straw it's champagne it's, it's oat straw champagne that's a that's a you line know, from the movie from the movie Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah yeah that's right he's organic. like drink she said it's okay it's organic it's and right. then at her 80th birthday he has champagne and he says it's okay it's organic <laughs> damn it right over my fucking head but i did make an oat straw reference to the movie as well oat straw tea what? yeah oh oat yeah when she brought 
Harold back to her apartment one time, she gave him ginger pie and oat straw tea. Oh. So we immediately looked up a recipe for ginger pie. I don't think we found a good one, though, did we? No. Yeah, so we're not making that. Unless it's over 150 years old, and then we can make it for an upcoming episode. <laughs> Hashtag explore. <laughs> can make absinthe. That's probably over 115 years old. Mm. Make absinthe? We're not making absinthe. <laughs> but we'll drink it. Yeah. So you probably would end up like blowing up your house or something. <laughs> that was my friend's uh, fear when I said that I wanted to distill and and make whiskey or other <laughs> distillates. And he's a chemist and he's like, well, we really need to look at the volume of your garage and make sure that we have enough airflow and air exchange <laughs> that you don't blow your garage up. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Thanks, Josh. It's a good plan. Good plan. So did you have enough uh, space in there? Are you doing it? I am not doing it. Oh. I want to. We could do it. We could do it it in your Erlanger house. I'm like birds, stones, so much going on right now in my head that I probably shouldn't even talk. (laughs) Birds and stones? You know, two, one, something, birds. Oh. So I don't know why, but when you said that, I pictured, what is wrong with me? Crows, (laughs) crows understand water displacement. And if there's water in a tube they can't reach, they'll put stones in the tube to raise the level of the water so they can drink it. And so I've seen a video of that. That's pretty They're so freaking smart. But that's not what I was referring to. But that's very, that's very cool. And they hold grudges. That's probably why I like them. <laughs> so what was everybody's, what did you feel was the funniest moment of the movie? The most humorous moment of the movie? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, the, uh, the funniest, the, the part that made me literally laugh out loud was when his uncle went to salute with the damn string in his arm. <laughs> that was hilarious. We both laughed hysterically over that. He pulled the string on his uniform to make his sleeve salute the flag. That was hilarious. That was pretty funny. I I thought it was pretty funny when Maude offered Harold a ride in his own hearse that she had just tried to steal from him. Well, she didn't know she was stealing it from him. She was just stealing it in general. She's like, have you ever been in a hearse before? (laughs) (laughs) That was mine too. Like I had two that I thought were kind of equally funny. And one was when, um, when he's offering her a ride and then he discovers it's not her car. And the other one was when she offered him a ride in his own car. I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) All right. I'm going to say something's going to freak out. Who else has a funny moment? Jess. Jess. I think I liked the the end when the the chick was also like wanting to stop herself. I don't know. That probably wasn't <laughs> supposed to be funny, but I thought it was funny. That was a good scene. I liked that. My problem with that scene is is I was a little confused at first because what if she, I didn't know for sure that she had picked up the fake 
clever trick knife. And for half a second, I was like, holy shit, she just killed herself on accident. She tried it. Romeo and Juliet. She was like, let me make sure before she was like, she tried it first. She made sure it was fake. I missed that part. I freaked out a little bit. What one of you commented about the two of them being a match. And I, I agree. I thought, can you imagine if the two of them had gotten together and it probably would have just yeah. had a hilarious time together. If Maude hadn't been playing with his mind, he might've been open to a relationship with that girl. And I thought, I thought they made a great match. She was my, one of my favorite characters. She just went right along with it. That. I she was awesome. Was I agree with you. I but noticed I, his mom was really mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have made her even better suit. Exactly. But oh. Tracy, I do disagree with you that Maude was playing with his mind because she said from the moment we met her, well, it's all over after Saturday. I knew she was going to commit suicide I mean, way before she did. Yeah, that's not what I mean. I didn't mean that she was trying to like, I just meant that she he was building a relationship that she knew was short-lived and doomed. And there are repercussions for that. I mean, that other girl, that actress, that could have been an amazing match and they could have been crazy in love and had a wonderful life together. But while Maude is playing her little game with this little tiny boy, you I mean, we don't know what kind of damage she did. That's a good point. Like, what, what if someone was screwing with your mind when, when you met Marky Marky Mark? And so you didn't give him a second look. That would have been tragic. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, we don't know what kind of negative things went into play because she decides to play this, her last little week-long fleeing game. Hmm. That's a good point. And who, who builds that kind of relationship with someone knowing that you're going to make the choice to end it all in one week? Yeah, it is, but it's a little selfish. I agree with you. Tracy's like, a little. <laughs> I liked uh, the symbolism after they were intimate. Not the fact they were intimate. I, I, I struggled with that a little bit. But the symbolism, so, you know, there was a time where the symbolism after being intimate with somebody was, you're smoking a cigarette in bed, right? You have sex and you smoke a cigarette. But in this movie, they had sex and he's such a child that he was blowing bubbles, not smoking oh, a cigarette. Yeah, that was hilarious. That's interesting. You know, it, it was also in that same scene though that he had like the five o'clock shadow. And in every other scene of the movie, he was clean shaven and looked more baby faced. But in that particular scene, he had like that five o'clock shadow. And chest hair. It's when he became. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I didn't notice the five o'clock shadow, but I noticed that he had chest hair. And I was like, oh, he's not 12 because dude looks 12. Yeah. I think what happened Thank was I think you. some of her hair <laughs> fell out of her head and landed on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. Oh. Well, I love that we've had such an amazing conversation and had such divided views. Does anybody have any final thoughts about Harold and Maude? I was just going to pose another quick question. Oh, well, let's hear um, it. And I don't know if this has anything, but did anyone else notice that her uh, 
she had a, a concentration camp tattoo mm. on her arm. And I'm almost wondering if that played into her decision of when is the time to go and that, you know, she's, she's seen so much other death in her lifetime and that maybe she just had decided that, okay, you know, regardless of what I am and where I am, you know, she, she maybe, maybe made that decision a long time ago um, that 80 was the year and it could have been, you know, her mother, her mother could have been 80 or, other family members or just the fact that she was in a concentration camp. She knows that how quickly your freedom can come to a halt. And she just wanted to, to be on her terms. I don't know. That's, that's a whole lot of other layers. So essentially I'm going to live through this atrocious, horrendous hell of a situation just to whack myself at 80 when I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah, and she was Whatever, what? She would have been fifty going through the through that because it was seventy one, so twenty five yeah. years earlier, fifty five. Mark, that's or, not the that's right, right. That's not the right math. That's wrong math. It's more like forty five. So she 30. would have been born in eighteen ninety one. That's when she was born. So let's say uh, nineteen forty. Yeah. So. So she'd have been forty nine. She'd been in her in her forties during the during the war when she would have been in the camp. So yeah, All right. I never noticed that. What in what scene? I wish I had known to look for that. That's a really very interesting very very quick. I think they were holding hands or something, and he yeah. looked down and saw the number tattoo on her forearm. Yeah, I saw the oh. tattoo. I didn't even make the connection to it oh, being yeah. a concentration camp tattoo. But that's that scene. an extra little layer to the uh, him not wanting to join with his uncle, join the military, and her helping him. Get out. I thought that scene, while over the top and stupid and ridiculous, that was sort of some of the funny slapstick stuff that just it was almost cringeworthy, but then again, so is a lot of slapstick humor. I thought I just thought the way the two of them carried on with that was pretty funny. It was like the most animated <laughs> him in in the whole thing. Yeah, but that's back to Tracy's point. Like this woman kind of brought him alive, and then she was like, "Deuces, glad you fell in love with me." Hey, thanks uh, for loving me. <laughs> Fuck you and the hearse you rode in on. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. It sucks though. Now, like this quote that I had on my wall at work forever, because to me it says that a lot of people just are enjoying death while they're alive because they're not living. And I it really screws it up for me that it's from her. I had a really similar experience recently. Um, and I think TC, I definitely talked to you about this, but I have an independence playlist and it's full of songs that just sort of make me feel like a badass. Like it's fine. It's all temporary. It's fine. And one song 
It's by Sinead O'Connor. It's called Daddy, I'm Fine. And the whole song is just about her being empowered. I am who I am. I love who I am. I'm proud of who I am. And then she committed suicide this year. And I just can't listen to the song the same way. I had, I actually took it off the independence playlist because it didn't evoke the same feelings any longer. Hmm. That's a shame. I put it on a different playlist. I didn't write it off. <laughs> it's just not on that playlist any longer. So you yeah, that, play- that play was. So you mentioned the playlist. You remember the the episode that you guys did about playlists and how we, um, you know, we're supposed to be developing. Well, how many twenty song playlists, right? Ten. Ten, Bill. Oh, ten. Ten, Bill. Ten, Bill. Yeah, yeah. So my my uh, my uh, playlist now is uh, he's, he's cut it down. I've cut it down to two hundred and fifty seven songs. Two hundred fifty seven. <laughs> 257 songs and interestingly you know that the, there was only one musician in that movie and it was cat stevens yeah who was, who's now known as yusef islam i think oh i forgot about that and and i have a couple of his songs on my playlist one of them is um i think one of her least favorite ones it's called i love my dog <laughs> i love what i love my dog the lines are I love my dog almost as much as I love you um because you may fade but my dog will always be true (laughs) and it just goes off like I just think it's kind of hilarious that a guy named Cat is singing a song about how much he loves his dog I I think that's cute okay two things about all the things Bill just said number one who is shocked and surprised that my brother is collecting things to ridiculous proportions. Anyone surprised by this? If the playlist is like everything else. It's all probably very organized and labeled and collected in little rows. Yeah, not True. surprising. But I can Number take two. of those 257 songs, when I play that playlist, which is daily, I play that all the time. Every song that comes on, makes me happy as soon as i hear it start playing it's a song that makes me happy and um i kind of i i probably once a week in my mind i say thanks to mark because it and that was his idea and it is a joy it is one of the joys of my life right now is having that playlist so the second the second thing about all that stuff you just said is there there are words that that mean something to an extreme amount, like using the word hilarious instead of the word funny, but you stuck kind of in front of it. So you're taking like the elevated form of an adjective and saying kind of. We gotta have a qualifier in there. It's just kind of hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> well, would you please send me a link to that playlist? Is it public? I don't know. It's on um, Apple, but I, I'll, yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I can send you a link to it, I think. Yeah, I'll figure that out. <laughs> Why? Because I'm going to, sh- I'm just going to share it with all of our uh, fellow explorers. Okay. In case they want to hear the 257 songs that make Bill Cole happy. It's <laughs> got to the point now where we'll be doing something, we'll be somewhere and something, we'll be watching a movie, we'll be in a store, we'll be something, anything, and a song will come on. And all I see is he's got his phone and he's going like this. And, and I'm like, yeah, he's figuring out what this song is because he likes it and he's putting it on his damn playlist. Yeah, it happens a lot. 
And here's something, Tracy, that will make you laugh at me even more, is when there's a song that I like and then I learn the story behind the song, it makes me look up more versions of the song. And so the playlist has multiple, some, some of those are maybe three or four or five versions of the same song, but they're, each one is different. And so, yeah. And if I find a song that has a really cool backstory, then it's probably going to be on there. Uh, once I, once I read about the backstory, so I, I just added one, I don't know the name of the song, but it's a couple that were in a fiddling, uh, contest in Las Vegas, Nevada, an old couple. And then they left and they started driving away. And this was a national in a national news a couple decades back, three decades ago or so, about how they came up missing. And they finally found their bodies at the bottom of a ravine in the in the car up at the top. And some band wrote a whole song about it. It's 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 just striking. So that's on there too. Wow. What's that song? But only one version of that one. What's that song? <laughs> I, I'd have to, I, I can't remember. I have to look it up. Oh, I can't for remember. crap's sake, Bill. At one point, we I'll, had. I'll, I'll send it to you. At one point, we had eight story. of uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. Literally eight versions. And they were all came on in a row. They didn't come on in a row. Yes, they did. A and few of them. The only reason there were eight is because I hadn't found the ninth one yet. Uh, see? So. Yeah, I could totally do that, too. There are times I've spent over a month listening to only one song for the entire month. And I've done that on more than one occasion. Wow, you're weirder than I am. Yeah, that's yeah. so weird. <laughs> yeah, Mike, it's a collection of one, Bill. Try it out sometime. <laughs> collection of one. Playlist of one? Hey, Bill, would that be The Way by Fastball? That's it. That's it. Are you adding it to your playlist right now, Mark? Um, I might add it to my Heard Randomly playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I do when what what Bill does is if I hear just a random song, I'll listen to it and like, or I'll find out what it is and I'll add it to a playlist called "Heard Randomly" because that's essentially what it is. Yeah, random random it. songs that I heard, TV shows, movies, malls, Kroger. So I have actually removed songs from that list, and when I remove them, it's this: when a song comes on, if if I don't feel if it doesn't make me smile or feel something, then I just get rid of it. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Gone with you. Sorry, it's a good thing you make Bill feel something. I do like pizzas. <laughs> Better keep making him happy. Or you're going to be on the list. You know, let that be a warning, Sarah. Don't worry. Why are you not making me happy today? <laughs> so, my phone, and therefore probably your phone, Mur, it listens and always is hearing what's yep. happening in my world and so maybe other people's phones i just know my phone does this and mine. i can go back in time and look at every song that was playing in my vicinity on any given day it's nice i like That's looking down like oh i really love the song look at my phone i know who's singing it yeah that what i mean i get the mf is for well, no, it I mean, it does it in real time. So if a song comes on, my phone will show it at the bottom. This is the name of the song and the artist. But what I'm saying is if I want to know all of the songs that played in my vicinity 10 days ago, I can go back and look on my phone. Google's awesome. Okay. If you have that is, uh, or right creepy. That's absolutely not care. creepy in any way at all. That is totally creepy. 
Yes, it's very creepy. All right. Oh, it's also very handy. Back to movie club. What should our theme be Speaking for first creepy. quarter 2024? The theme? Yeah. And we got to think of movie nominations. How about travel? Oh, I like that. Let's do travel themed movies. But I got to take notes. All right. All right I'm, I'm ready. For, I'm ready for the notes. I'm throwing it out as an idea. We could get other ideas. Oh, I kind of like that. Does anybody else have anything different that they would rather us do? Dark comedies. Uh, Check off. We just did that. Well, we did cult classics. It just happened to be. It was a cult classic. Bill just wants to watch a good dark comedy. (laughs) All right. Name one. I don't know what that means. Would Pulp Fiction be considered a dark comedy? Certainly a dark movie. Yeah, it is definitely dark. Yeah. Donnie Darko? Mm. I don't know if that fits for comedy, really. Yeah, that's true. Dark comedy. This says 70 kind of hilarious dark comedy movies and TV shows. Kind of hilarious. Kind of hilarious. Bill says it's not just me. See? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I nominate. Uh, oh, let's do this. Let's do movies that are not in English but have subtitles. <laughs> Tracy's face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that we could put uh, "Life is Beautiful." which is a great movie. By, uh, if we decide that was a theme all of a sudden, Bill, why are you... Um, <laughs> I'm just throwing it out as an idea. The, the uh, I'm just throwing it out as an idea. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know how I feel I about gonna it. Name, I was going to name a few. You know, all a lot of the early Godzilla movies could be in there. Now you've got Tracy's attention. Look, she's paying attention. Or in fact, the most recent one that's coming out on uh, December 1st with an early viewing for real Godzilla fans on November 29th. November 29th. What else happens that day, Trace? Um, That's a very special friend's birthday. Trace, what happens on November 29th, Trace? It's the uh, eighth anniversary of my birthday. (laughs) Eighth day. Eighth, Eighth day in normal time. Oh. Uh, well, um, uh, Godzilla, the new Godzilla is released. And it's uh, in Japanese with subtitles. And saw that as soon as she found out that Godzilla was being released, she made me buy tickets, multiple tickets to that movie. Wait, it's being released on November 29th? It's the, that's the pre-release date for special fans. For special so, fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special. I love this news. So, yeah, it's on Happy birthday. All right. What did we decide for our movie next quarter? Okay. So it could be travel or it could be a movie set in another country or something like that. If we do travel, can we include Indiana Jones? Because it has the maps that like the little plane does the hockey thing. <laughs> Indiana Jones is a travel movie. Don't, don't you? They go, they yeah, go all over so. the world in that movie. Yeah. I love Indiana Jones. Eat, pray, love. That's a travel movie. Yeah. I've never seen that one. I haven't either. I read the book. 
Like the original Indiana Jones, Jess? The, yeah. The first and the third Indiana Jones. The second and the fourth are terrible. Well, I haven't seen the, the first one. We're just going to put the first one down. All right. Eat, Pray, Love. What other kinds of travel movies are there? I'm going to put it on. I was going to say I was going to suggest something, but it's never going to get. It's already had its day in the in the sun. It's gotten shot down like three times. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes. <laughs> he keeps trying. God love him. Persistent. <laughs> you get nominated. I'll vote for it. Do you remember that movie where they travel across like um, a country on their motorcycles? It's really good. Um, yeah, it's uh, was it the one with um, uh, a young Obi Wan Kenobi? Yeah, um, is it a documentary? Well, that, that one was a documentary, I believe. There's three of them. There's long way down, yes. long way round, and long way up. Yes, that's and that. With uh, uh, what's his name, Ian, Ian, uh, Ian McGregor. Ian McGregor, that's it, and um, another actor, a friend of his. Yeah, I've seen all three of them. They're yeah, I have they're, they're, they're very long. They're very, very long. Multiple um, episodes for each one. <laughs> so, are we nominating one or no? No, I'm not. I'm just talking. Are you? Hmm. Oh, I watched The Secret Life of Walter Mitty not too long ago on a plane. Isn't it good? Don't tell us. It shows up as like the fourth choice when you look up travel movies. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have four. We need one more travel movie. Oh, hold on. Hold on oh Mark said, hold on. Because I didn't want to nominate Secret Life of Walter Mitty because... Oh. It's that's instantly going to kill it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> I'm going to say The Road, but that is not a fun movie that I would recommend anyone watch. How about It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? Did you have enough Mads in there? I, I'm not sure. There are a bunch. <laughs> Let me look it up. I think that There's is a kind of a travel movie. Is it? I think. I think there's some kind of a big race. Oh, that's a good one. Which one? Lost, Lost in Translation? Yeah. Lars? What was the last one you said, Sarah? What? Movie. Are we doing It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? So it's from 1963. It's kind of a ridiculous comedy. But it it is it is a travel movie because uh, they end up uh, a bunch of motorists that set out trying to find this dead guy's fortune. What about? Um, Let's not put it in there though. Oh, Zombie Land. <laughs> Zombie <Okay>. Land. <laughs> the Martian. Or Zombie Land. Double tap. <laughs> the Martian. The Martian. Oh, yeah. Like from the uh, long time ago? No, 2015. Oh, with uh, uh, Matt Damon. Oh, okay. All right. Or, uh, what was that? I think that one's with only Matt Damon, isn't it? He's the only actor in the movie. Really? 
think so. Uh, they've got some other supporting characters that get about five minutes of screen time. Is it? Yeah. So is that the one we're nominating? We Right now we have Eat, Pray, Love, Indiana Jones, Amelie, Lost in Translation, and The Martian. Um, so Amelie isn't really a movie about travel. It's just set in Paris. Oh. So if you don't in Paris, then you might view that as a movie about travel because it's about distant lands if you live distant from Paris. But right. it's not really a travel movie. We can, we can go on piggyback on the Martian and do Interstellar. Bill thought that was chuckle worthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm, yeah. I'm a little shy of Mark's choices now. I don't know that I'm going to vote for them. This is like the time I recommended TV shows for to TC for like eight years. And she's like, every TV show you tell me to watch is horrid. <laughs> there was one that you there liked. Was, now I don't remember what it was. They always have like backyard barbecues and they talk about sports and they're like it's like family get-togethers <laughs> in neighborhoods in backyards where they talk about sports i'm like what makes you think i much like this any of those things in my world because the conversation's funny tracy you gotta oh. just take them out of the backyard and listen to what they gotta say I've got one that we can go. Uh, all right. If we want to. What is it? Um, I gotta, I gotta think. Um, and I'm only gonna say I've never seen it. So. Yes. So don't judge him like you did with Harold and Maud. That that was the takeaway. That was the translation. Did we lose Jess? I didn't know he nominated that. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'm judging. Um, the uh, Darjeeling Limited. The. Darjeeling Unlimited? Limited. Oh, the Darjeeling Limited? Mm -hmm. It's a Wes Anderson movie. Mm. What's it about? Seeing the movie begin again. It's not about travel, but it's one of my very all-time favorite movies ever. Oh, well, then let's include it, even though it's not about the topic. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What was the name of it? The Begin Again. Again, I mean, it's it's about New York City and it's about music. It's one of my very favorite movies. That's so we could watch Love Actually because it's Christmas and travel. Well, we're not watching this in December, so or we're not talking about Maiden Trip. Have you guys seen Maiden Trip? No, what's that about? It's a it's a documentary, but it's about the youngest girl in the world to sail. The youngest girl to sail around the world. Oh yeah, I did see that actually. Didn't she make popcorn Ooh, on the boat? What about Titanic? Mm, I am just telling you that I will not watch it. I'm not spending <laughs> four hours watching a boat sink. Castaway. So this is what we have right now. We have Eat, Pray, Love, Indiana Jones, The Darjeeling Limited. Lost in Translation and The Martian. What about The Beach? That's a good one. Put The Beach on there. The Beach? Yeah. Should I take any of these out or should I just add it? Is that a horror What movie? are they? The Beach? No, The Beach has, um. what's that guy that everyone thinks is good looking? He's in there. Jason Momoa? No, he is good looking. This is just the guy everyone thinks is good looking. Um, Ryan Gosling, Clive, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. 
Yeah, so someone like that, but not Brad Pitt. But you're right, actually. That's a better description of Brad Pitt. It's um, it's the other guy. Who was in that guy, A Beautiful Mind? Oh, he was in that Sinking Ship movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the sequel to, or the prequel to The Beach, right? The, the, the boat sinks and then he washes up on shore. <laughs> That's right. Russell Crowe. What's his name? Russell Crowe. Oh. Not that Sinking Ship, the one I said I wouldn't watch. Oh, Leonardo oh. DiCaprio? Yeah. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio? He's, uh... So the beach, uh, it's one of those books that I just, I, I swear that most of my very favorite books I just pick up at an airport. And I just picked up two books at an airport. One is the one that I pass along to you all that I really enjoyed. And the other one, um, I also... The other one I enjoyed so much that I missed the characters. And that was The Beach? No, The Beach is a different book. That it's, it's from a long time ago, but it's, a oh. it's, definitely, it's like a backpacker. It's a travel movie for sure. You know, they, um, I just saw an article about people complaining about what they did to the beaches of Thailand in order to make that movie. It was interesting. Yeah. But... All right. So we have Eat, Pray, Love. Indiana Jones, The Darjeeling Limited, Lost in Translation, The Martian, and The Beach. Yeah, it's a good mix. All right. And Cannonball Run. Oh. oh. <laughs> gum, gum, we can make it more, more recent and do Gumball 3000, which was a more, re, more recent version of, of that. I think it, okay. might be, it may have been more of a documentary about the uh, cross-country race in 2000. The cross-country race happened in 2000? Mm -hmm. Is it still happening? Uh, Every year. Unofficially. Or, yeah. Tracy says forget it. What? Tracy says forget it. That's too many. I'm out. Yeah, she <laughs> quits. It's like a large menu. There's too many options. Like a cheesecake factory menu. Mm-hmm. All right, so... We have a list of six movies, even though Cannonball Run would have been a great option. I feel like seven is too many options. What should we do? Should we add? One of those other, get one of those other shitty movies and put Cannonball Run in there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we can save that for a, a slapstick. Yeah. yeah. Or for a based on a true story. That's Loosely. what you should do for. You know what? It was, uh, it was uh, almost totally based on a true story. Right. Almost totally. Almost mm -hmm. totally. So yeah, for the. Good job. It was kind of hilarious. Kinda almost hilarious. totally based on a true story. <laughs> so for a second quarter movie club, we'll do um, based on a true story and we'll nominate Cannonball Run. I just have to make, I just have to remember to do that somehow. Um, all right. Well, we have our movies for next quarter. We talked about our movie for this quarter. And I think uh, we're probably ready to wrap up the episode then. Best news of all. What? Well, we did record. We hit the record button, you guys. Mm. Right at the very beginning, when I bumped her and told her to hit mute, and she did, I looked at her and said, are we sure she's recording? And she goes, <laughs> 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 yeah we're recording so thank you guys for spending your time with us tonight 
I enjoyed hearing everybody's perspective on Harold and Maude. And I think it's a lot of fun when we have different perspectives. So thanks. Yeah. For it was enjoyable. Yeah. And thank you, fellow explorers, for spending your time with us. If you want more Siren Soapbox, head over to our website, sirensoapbox.com. Maybe leave us a message, send us a challenge. And if you want even more Siren Soapbox, join us on Patreon. Um, I am going to read a dramatic reading of the email Bill Cole sent about his struggle getting his playlist down to (laughs) 10 songs. And I'm going to leave that up there for just our Patreon's entertainment. So if you're a member of the Patreon, you'll get to hear that email from Bill. Um, But also, if you just want to share this episode with someone you love, that is the best support of all. So thank you for that. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag your latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.